Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody. Here we are again. It's me by myself this time, but I've got myself a wonderful guest. His name is David Price, and he's out there helping dads and uh, every way that he can. He's got one particular website that you can go to. He's going to tell you about that. And uh, David, how's it going, man? Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm doing great, Corey. I really appreciate you having me on, and I really appreciate what you're doing with your show. Um, such an important thing, so vital, uh, particularly needed right now. And uh, it's just an honor for me to be here. Uh, my name is David Price. Right now, I live in coastal uh, North Carolina. I'm from Kentucky originally. Um, I've been a Christian minister for over 30 years. Um, I've been married for about 30 years to my wife, Tracy. I have three children in their 20s, two boys and a girl and a grandson as well. Uh, and um, I'm a certified professional life coach. Um, and I've got a couple of programs, one for men and women, but one is for husbands and dads who realize that they're taking their stress and frustration out on their wives and kids, and they really feel bad about that. They want to stop doing that, and we help them do that very thing. Right on. That's definitely a big deal. I uh, read in the news every day that, ju well, just today, another murder-suicide, you know, that uh, could have been prevented. Uh, I don't know how. But I know for a fact that that someone could have prevented that in some way. So it, you're you're really performing a, an important service and giving out really important information. As far as where uh, where you're found, where I can direct my uh, my few listeners to, where do they <laughs> where do they find you? Where can they you know interact with you? Absolutely. So my website is uh, www.takeback, the letters YL for Take Back Your Life, takebackyl.com. And I'm very active on Facebook. That's really the hub of my activity. I got a lot of content there uh, on Facebook, and I'm happy to connect with people, to message uh, with people and, and help them out however I can. Uh, so my name is David Price, and I'm in Moorhead City, North Carolina. So if you put all that in the search, uh, you ought to be able to find me pretty easily. Right on. I'm actually in uh, East Tennessee myself, so we're in that same general area. Very nice. Yeah. I love Tennessee. I'm from Kentucky, so I spent a lot of time in Tennessee and love Tennessee. It's a beautiful state. Yeah, but this is this is home for me. I've um, spent some time. I was in the Army for a while, and then after oh. that, I lived in Colorado for a few years. But I I always knew I'd come back here. It's just, you know, comfortable. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. I do love, you know, the people are, are generally very friendly and we get every season, which I'm sure that, you know, you kind of fall in line with that sort of too. Yes. So it's, um, you know, never too hot, never too cold. It's, it's pretty nice. I, I like it a lot. So there's a couple of things that strike me that I tend to forget. Uh, and these are like very important things that necessarily should be maybe left to the end of the episode. But and as I said, I do forget them, and I want to make sure that this time I get it out there. Uh, the first thing is, and this is this comes from uh, one of my co-hosts who couldn't join us today. He uh, his schedule is basically uh, altered and, and changed based on mm. his daughter's nap schedule, so uh, he had to Absolutely. be at home until uh, later afternoon. I but remember his, those days. <laughs> yeah, um, he he uh, he has a good question. What would you consider? Now you said you know all of your children are um, quite a bit older than ours. But what was your last uh, win as a dad? What did you do, you know, in regards to your children, uh, you know, helping them in some way, advice that you gave them where you, where you came away feeling like, I, you know, I did a good job there. I did I did the dad thing there. 
Well, I mean, overall, um, certainly it was time spent with my kids. Um, there's a whole big backstory to that. Um, I lost my dad when I was seven. And so um, it was very important to me when I had kids to spend every moment that I could with them because I knew that I could leave them very quickly or God forbid something could happen to them. And so our time is limited under the best of circumstances. And so overall, the thing that I did that was a real win was spending every moment that I could with my kids. Um, I sacrificed a lot to do that. Um, I lost out on a lot of money, um, a lot of things that I would have enjoyed doing otherwise, but my kids were always my priority. And so, and, and spending time with them was always job number one, never regretted that. And, uh, certainly don't regret it now. I've been very happy about that, but I think as far as, um, well, the most recent sort of win, I guess, would have been just being a good listener. Um, and I'm not always a good listener, but I try hard to be. Um, and I think listening to our kids, um, letting them know that they're important enough to listen to, uh, which includes, you know, putting down phones, uh, closing laptops, uh, putting away screens, um, turning off the TV, um, you know, really focusing on them and letting them know that they're important enough to be my priority right now. Uh, and then also important because if you don't listen to them, you've got no idea what's going on with them. And if you listen only superficially, you don't know anything in depth. But when you listen and look at them, you can kind of see some things going on that maybe otherwise you might miss. So I guess overall, it's just a presence, a time and an attention thing. Good uh, good advice, good input. That actually may answer the other question I have, which was what is, and I probably uh, should have given you at least a little bit of time to think about this, but it, it may be what you just said. And that is, we'll, we'll just put it as, uh, as young dads, new dads. What would you give for uh, your number one piece of advice? Well, you know, as a Christian, I mean, that, that would be number one would be the, the spiritual training, um, the, the upbringing spiritually. I mean, that would be the number one thing I realize that, you know, you, uh, your listeners may be of all sorts of persuasions, uh, religiously or spiritually for me, that's number one. I mean, it, I feel like if I did not, uh, give my children the spiritual training that I believe in and believe that they need, that everything else would have been a massive failure. It doesn't matter if um, kids you know, grow up to make a lot of money or drive big cars or be smart if they're not where they need to be spiritually, which also includes emotionally, then you know we haven't done anything for them. There are a lot of rich people in the world that are miserable. And a lot of educated people, a lot of successful people that are miserable because they're missing what is spiritual. So um, I would say wherever your viewers and listeners might be on the spiritual spectrum, there's got to be some sort of spiritual and emotional training. And training includes and really is uh, the foundation of that is example. You know, we need to get rid of this idea that we can somehow tell our kids what they need to know, even if we're not doing it. And the fact is that never works. Um, if you want your kids to turn out a certain way, then that's what you need to be. You have to be what you want your kids to be, because they're probably going to end up where you are 
or sometimes slightly beneath that in a spiritual and emotional sense. And so I guess the big thing would be modeling to your kids what you want them to become. That's awesome. I, uh, you know, it seems almost instinctual, but uh, I've never put that into words. That really is striking information that's like uh, something that you could almost have tattooed on you. Just be the model because you really, <laughs> yeah. like you said, they are, they look to you first and foremost and uh, kind of tying it back into the spiritual training. I feel, and, and we, we try to, on this episode, we try to stay away from, um, you know, most controversial topics like politics sure. and, and, and things like that. But sure. I do feel like the world in general, I'm not saying like, I'm not going to put a number to it, but, and, and maybe I shouldn't even say the world, but America in, in general, I think a lot of our problems are lacking. I mean, are starting from a lack of a foundation, a good foundation and uh, be it uh, spirituality or just, uh, you know, being taught morals and ethics. I feel like that could, uh, you know, change a lot of the, a lot of the issues that we experience just every single day. And the, uh, you know, the idea that it's as simple as just being the change that you want to see, uh, you know, that, that makes a, um, you know, that clicks in your head that really does, you know, make you think that you could uh, make a difference. No, absolutely. Uh, no, that's 100% right. And um, the, the moral foundation, you know, t teaching right and wrong, um, teaching kids to um, treat other people the way that they want to be treated with respect and, and kindness, um, you know, honesty and, and those sorts of things, teaching kids boundaries, you know, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the way that you behave, the way that you talk. But, you know, the fact is, Corey, that we're it's impossible to teach our kids something that if we're not around to teach it. And, you know, we have a, a, a terrible, terrible problem in America with absentee fathers. And, um, you know, and I I mean, there's a lot of detail that we could get into that would be, you know, controversial. And, I, and I'm not a big controversy monger either. But it's just a fact, Corey, that there are lots of dads who are not present in the lives of their kids for one reason or another. A lot of them are in the home. They're just checked out. A lot of them are in the home, but they're working or playing uh, out somewhere else. A lot of them are not even in the home. A lot of them have kids they never see. They never have anything to do with. And there's lots of moving parts to that. And, and my point is not to make anybody feel guilty or call anybody out or to act like that I'm some superstar because I've been present in the life of my kids. I have been a massively imperfect father, but we must make it our job, Corey, I believe, to be as present and as involved as we can in the lives of our children. You cannot impact somebody that you're never around. And, and, and I don't care what anybody says, Kids need dads. They need father figures. They need males. They they need us. It's a fact. And we've got to be there in order to be the influence that they need. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, like you said, not to take it into anywhere too uh, controversial, but I feel like I mean, at least at least my son, you know, he needs a, a dad in his life. It may be possibly you could make an argument that if it was a daughter, you know, you could get by with with just a, a mom, but I, I feel like there there's very little argument to be made against the fact that a son needs his dad. I am I am evidence of that. My dad 
was hardly ever there growing up. And I tell myself, I tell my wife, <laughs> I tell anybody that'll listen, that when it comes to, you know, what I should be, what I should do as a dad, I just look to him, see what he did, and then just do the opposite. And I feel like if I can, you know, keep that uh, dynamic uh, as sad as it is, then I'm, I'm, you know, one step ahead of where I would normally be. You know, I don't know uh, the right answer uh, for every question whatsoever. You know, a lot of it's trial and error, but at least I know, you know, what not to do uh, first and foremost. And it's sad, but, you know, it's, it's evidence of the fact that um, I am, I am not the man I could have been, you know, if I'd have had somebody like that in my life regularly. Early on in the podcast, I was talking um, about how I had to learn just, just the most like random things on my own, that things that you would never really consider unless you were, you know, experiencing it. Like if you're in a, if you're in a conflict with someone, you know, what do you do? Do you, uh, is it, do you fight? Do you talk? Do you walk away? I've had to learn that on my own. I didn't have a dad to tell me, you know, this is what I did and this is what you should do. And I've just been lucky enough that I've not been in any serious situations where, you know, a wrong decision led me down, you know, a completely different path. And a lot of people, different races, different ages, different regions, what have you, when they, you know, when they made a wrong decision, uh, things went a lot, you know, a lot worse than they did uh, for me. And it is super important uh, for dads, in my opinion, to be, you know, present, to be as as involved as they can be in, in their child's lives, you know, uh, daughter or son, it doesn't matter. Uh, because, uh, like you said, they, um, daughters and sons in different manners, they look to their, to their fathers, you know, for, for different things, you know, how to be a man, uh, who to look for, uh, in a man and, yeah. and it, uh, can, can change and alter the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. And, uh, you know, for girls, I mean, we know that, that girls who don't have, um, uh, present active loving influence to their dad, I mean, they, more likely to engage in risky behavior, more likely to, you know, do the sorts of things we don't want our daughters doing. Um, and what I love, Corey, about what you shared about your relationship with your own dad, and this is the foundation of my personal transformation and the coaching that I do um, is personal responsibility. You made a decision not to be a certain thing. We all have that ability to choose what we're going to be and how we're going to be. And you made that choice. A lot of people don't. A lot of people would have grown up with what you grew up with and just by default followed that same path. But you realize that you had a choice. And so we all need to understand our ability to take control, to make a decision, and to become the kind of person we want to be not the kind of person we would just be by default. And so you're, you're to be commended for that, Corey, because um, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just follow a path blindly because that's what they had, but you didn't do that. And, and I think it's important to share that we all can do that. All of us can make that choice. Yeah, I totally agree. My uh, my upbringing, you know, I, I'm not uh, nearly as bad as some people. I wasn't homeless um, for very long. You know, for the most part, it was relatively stable. I've, I've been told by, you know, a couple of uh, military therapists that a lot of my issues do st uh, stem from my parents. But that being said, uh, my, my upbringing was bad enough that I feel like I, I have a bit of an 
uh, a valid opinion when it comes to, uh, like you said, choosing to, to, you know, live your own life as opposed to just falling in line with what's come before you. I mean, if I had, you know, just chosen to do what my parents did, well, for one, we wouldn't be talking right now. I would be sleeping on somebody's couch, maybe even, you know, my dad or my mom's, you know, just using whatever drug they're currently on. And I wanted, I wanted more for myself than that. You know, it's something as simple as just choosing not to drink alcohol uh, because of what it has done to them and continues to do. Uh, you know, you're able to make your own decisions. You, I'm, you know, first and foremost, basically a Christian, but I follow uh, certain stoic aspects as well. Yeah. And, and they uh, really believe that you're not to let the world affect you. You, you know, you make your own decisions, you make your own happiness. And I really do believe that I've not been in the most extreme situations, but I really do believe that regardless of what the world hands you, it's up to you to take that and make the best of it and not to, you know, let it just pile upon you because you choose that you choose that toughness. You know, you, if you rely on your buddies or, or your kids or your parents or somebody to give you that strength and eventually you're going to be let down and you really need to develop that on your own and you can, and it's just a matter of, you know, choosing. Right. And I think that I don't, I don't know. I can't say that, that, you know, we could change this or that and, and make it, you know, just that much more obvious, but it just seems, it seems obvious to me because it was just a matter of, you know, do I want to continue like this or do I want to, you know, change things? And, and my, my, manner of changing may have been a little drastic. I changed, uh, I joined the army at 16 and was gone, uh, right after I graduated. So I, you know, I was like, I have to get out of this. I have to break this cycle. And, and I did, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm certainly not, uh, rolling in, in money or, you know, living with the upper crust, but I have separated myself from that, from my past in, in a way that I'm, I'm proud of, you know, I've grown as a man, I've grown, you know, in responsibility. I have an awesome son. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually, you know, happy with where I am. You know, it's caused me quite a bit of issue with, with uh, my mental health over the years. But as I, as I age, which I guess if I had known this at the time, it might have made it easier. But uh, also, you know, just the, the events that I experience, it's, life has gotten easier. You know, it's, it's, it's easier for me to see the good. But that being said, though, I still see a lot of bad. Um, sure. And, sure. and I think that. I tell myself that I, I should stop reading so much news because the, the news only sells if it's bad. Yeah, and, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, like half of me is like, stop reading, you know, your local news, stop reading any news. But then yeah. the other part of me is like, dude, you can't just disconnect. You, you got to like know what's right. going on in the world. So yeah. it's hard for me to find a, like that happy medium, you know, that doesn't affect me. Uh, with all the negativity, but also keeps me informed about, you know, current events. So that's, I guess that's my, my current um, hurdle or, or, you know, whatever I'm yeah. looking to, uh, to get past uh, something else. Oh, so one other thing that occurred to me while you were talking, and this goes back a little bit more to your kids. We are young dads. I have two other co-hosts that kind of try to uh, pick up my slack whenever they can. They're both, uh, one's a paramedic, so his hours are basically 24 hours on, 24 hours off. And the other, as I said, is controlled quite a bit by his, his daughter's schedule. But collectively, we have no one over, I believe it's no one more than uh, eight, I want to say. And I was just wondering, you know, the problems that we're currently experiencing, picky eating, uh, 
the other one for some reason escapes me. But the problems that we're experiencing are, you know, your general low level problems that kids go through. Do you have any uh, memories of, of things that you went through, like uh, be it uh, diaper training or something like that, that even today you're like, man, that was really hard. Like that gave me a lot of trouble. Oh, no, no question at all about that. Absolutely. I remember it very, very well. Um, all of those things, um, you know, having to get up at night um, and the, the potty training and all of those things that, you know, the, the behavior training, um, uh, the kids acting up in church. And uh, unfortunately for my wife, I'm a minister. And so a lot of that was on her. But, you know, occasionally it was on me as well. So, yeah, I absolutely remember um, all of those difficult things. And and I'll be honest with you, Corey, that the temptation for me, and and I, and I want you to hear me out on this, because this is the temptation for me and for parents of my age. The temptation is for us to say, listen, if you think it's hard now, you haven't seen anything yet. This is nothing. Right? That's the temptation. That's what we that's what we feel like saying, because when kids are teenagers or young adults, um, the problems that they have, the things that they get into are so, so much more serious and life altering. You know, the things that you can do as a teenager to mess up your life are really big. And the things you can do as a four-year-old to mess up your life, really, there aren't any, you know? So the temptation is for older parents to look at younger parents and go, you know, this is nothing. Well, the fact is, Corey, it is something. I mean, what you're dealing with as a young dad is a big deal. And it's it's the hardest thing that you've ever had to deal with right now. Yeah, when your kids are teenagers, it's going to be a lot harder. But that doesn't mean that it's not hard for you right now. And so, you know, I just, I really... Uh, encourage younger parents to just really um, to give themselves a break on that, just to accept the fact it's hard, it stinks. Sometimes literally it stinks. Sometimes kids can really smell really bad and make you smell bad. Um, but it's really, really tough. And that's okay. You know, it's okay for you to hurt. It's okay for you to to be grumpy and frustrated and sometimes angry. That's okay. Um, know that it is going to get better. Uh, the things that you deal with right now, those things are going to get better. You're going to get past the, you know, the change in diapers and wiping noses and that kind of thing. Um, it is going to get better. But just know that for each level, when this thing gets better, this other thing is going to get much, much harder. And so I guess more than anything else, I would say to younger parents, and this is a cliche, but I really, really hope that that you take this seriously, and that is to appreciate the early years because they really are gone very quickly. Um, my youngest child is 21, maybe 20. I always, he was, it doesn't matter. He's 20 mm -hmm. or 21. Um, and I'm going to get in trouble for that. But I mean, literally, Corey, it, it feels like yesterday that, you know, he was sitting on my lap. And if he did that now, he's real big. He'd break my leg. Um, but he was sitting on my lap and, you know, I was feeding him and, and all that stuff. It goes by so quickly. And as difficult as it is to really, really stop and appreciate even the difficult things even the challenging things, because they are gone so quickly and you will want to go back and do those things again. So, um, yeah, I mean, just 
own the difficulty. It's okay that it's hard. It's okay. And don't let other people tell you not to worry. Don't let other people blow it off. Don't let other people make you feel bad for being frustrated. It's frustrating, but appreciate it because it's gone really quickly. Yeah, I get that a lot. And and I have started, I get it so much that I've actually started to consciously make an effort, you know, when he will oh, be, yeah. uh, my son uh, is two in July and he's already reached that uh, two year old phase where he will do all kinds of annoying things. And, and sometimes he'll just be laying on the ground, like screaming for no reason. And I just yeah. have to laugh because yeah. it's, it, you know, it, that's what you get when you, you know, that's what you sign up for. I look at it, you know, in a very logical way, like he can express his feelings. And at the very most, I'm just like, wow, buddy, that is super loud. <laughs> but, <laughs> but by and large, you know, I don't let it affect me negatively. There was, you know, a period, I don't, I can't say how long, months, probably when he was first born, where I was super stressed out about virtually everything. Uh, the first night he came home, uh, I told my wife, hey, you can sleep all day. You've, you know, you've been through, you know, birth. <laughs> So you just take, you take it easy. And as soon as she went home or, or went to bed, I started getting nervous and threw up all over the floor. And <laughs> simply because I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to put him to bed tonight. How am I going to put him to bed? And now it's like, you know, it's just like, okay, buddy, bedtime. No, no. Yeah. Bedtime. Love you. Good night. And then in he goes, but at the time it's like, oh God, what if he cries? What? Like, oh, I don't know what to do. So it, you know, it really is funny that these problems and you, like you said, they, they're super bad at, at the time. And then, you know, a year later, it's like, oh, bedtime, you know, whatever bedtime. Like I, I, I'm worried I about him drinking, you know, poison from under the sink or something. Uh, but that, that did bring up a, uh, a question that I, I feel like it may be, you know, kind of a, kind of a lame horse. Um, but that being said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask anyways, do you have uh, like, was there a particular age range that you uh, really loved with your kids? Like, uh, you know, was it, you know, lower teens uh, around 10, you know, like when they were newborns, like, did you have one that you look back on with the most fondness? You know, that's a great question, uh, Corey. Um, and, and I don't think there is. I think that really, and this was partly a matter of intention, again, having lost my own dad and being really intentional as a parent. Um, I tried to make it a point to appreciate, enjoy, and enjoy all of it. And I think I did. I mean, I, I don't think that I would really choose um, any point at which I liked it better uh, than any other. I guess if if I could, I, it would be like maybe when my kids were like older, preteen and younger teen, where we were going outside and playing a lot together out in the yard. Um, that was so much fun playing basketball and, and tea, uh, wiffle ball and that kind of stuff. Um, that was a lot of fun because they were old enough to do a lot of stuff together, not quite old enough to be be in that teenage rebellion stage, which thankfully my kids really didn't have all that bad a time with. But I, I really think that I made it a point to appreciate. I loved it when they were babies. It's so much fun to cuddle and feed and, you know, lay with them and all that stuff. Uh, when they were toddlers and, and younger kids, you know, all the reading together and 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 going outside the wonder as they're seeing things and you're talking about things. Um, and then that age where, again, they're able just to do a lot of fun stuff. You can go to amusement parks and all that stuff. Um, you know, probably my least favorite um, was probably those like mid to later teenage years 
um, were really hard, particularly with my older son. And, and I'm not telling anything. If he were here, he would he he would say the same thing I'm about to say. That was really really hard with my older son, where uh, we didn't see eye to eye. There were, we went through a period there where we really didn't speak. Uh, he was living at home. I mean, he was still you know an older teen. Um, and we really didn't talk much and we really kind of avoided each other. Uh, and there were, when we did talk, it was, there were some really, really um, loud, aggressive, uh, mean conversations that we had together. Um, he and I have very much patched that up now, thank God. Um, but um, those are the toughest times. And, and I probably, I think for any parent, Corey, I think any parent would say if they've been through all the stages, they would probably say that those late teenage years are probably the toughest because there's a lot of um, a lot of, of adversarial uh, aspects to your relationships where they're fighting you on a lot of things. Uh, they're rebelling against you on a lot of things, trying to find their own independence and that sort of thing. So I really feel like I did a good job appreciating all of it, which, again, is a matter of intention. Um, but those late teenage years were really tough, really tough. It seems like everything you say brings one or two more questions to my mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really going to get into how it, uh, how the conflict began. That could be, that could be private, but what did, what caused it to kind of mend? Was it just a, you know, a constant effort of you trying to, uh, you know, make, make amends with him in some way, shape or form, or did he kind of come around? Because I worry about the same thing, you know, when my son's that age, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to hate me. Like, and, and it could be for any any number of reasons, even <laughs> yeah, silly yeah. reasons. But yeah. what interests me is is how it, you know, came back together, how the relationship grew again. Was was that something yeah. just uh, by fate or was it just effort that you guys put in? Well, I, I think it's rare that any relationship mends on its own. I, I think that hardly ever happens. I, you know, we have this idea that time heals all wounds and. And we just eventually get over it. And I mean, to a degree, there's some need of that. But I, I think very few relationships mend without some effort. I think the first thing was that we didn't, neither one of us did anything that would make the break final. And I think that's crucial. I think a lot of times what we do is we get so hurt and so frustrated. And sometimes it can drag on so long that we just want to be past it. And we can do something that makes puts a final break to it. And that was always, Corey, that was always my biggest fear was that I was going to do something or say something that would be the final straw and we would never be able to come back together. So I avoided that intentionally. You know, I never did that thing. You know, look, if you do this, don't ever come back here or, you know, you can get out and never come back or, you know, I, I didn't do that on purpose because I didn't want that to happen. A lot of it was maturity on his part. Um, he, as he grew, um, he began to see some things and learn some things about me and about what I was expecting and what I was doing. And he, so, and I think this is a really important thing for parents of kids to understand. We expect them to to know some things that they can they cannot know. You know, we expect them to appreciate us to understand our rules or our, our perspectives. And Corey, the fact is they can't. It is impossible 
for a child who has never been married, they've never had kids, they've never had to be responsible for a family, how are they going to understand where we're coming from? They can't. And sometimes we expect them to. So we get overly frustrated. Or sometimes we try to explain ourselves too much. Look, the fact is that you can explain so much to your kids. And at the end of the day, most of the time, you're going to have to go, listen, this is just how it is. And you may not like it, but that's too bad. A lot of parents are scared to do that. They want their kids to get it. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it until they get out on their own, have their own kids. And then they're going to be like, now I get it. <laughs> and they're probably going to call you up and go, hey, sorry about that. Now I get it. Um, so I think a lot of it, back to your question, a lot of it was, Corey, that he he matured and understood a lot of things. So what was crucial there was that we allowed the relationship to exist in this sort of broken state, but we didn't make it worse and we didn't end it. We allowed it to continue until eventually I got less angry as a human being. I got better. I matured and he matured and we were able to come back together and have the relationship we have now. And you said it was with your older son that this happened. Was it because that happened that you did not, do you think, did not have that happen with your other son? So a lot of it was the difference in their personalities. Um, my kid, I've got three kids, uh, two, two sons and a girl, um, raised by the same people um, in the same situation. And Corey, they are completely different. It is so weird. <laughs> how that can happen. Um, a lot of it simply, honestly, was just their different personalities. My oldest son is, he's just his own person, man. I mean, he just, we just constantly were like, where did he come from? Was he, was he switched at birth? What happened there? He's just different. He's, he's in a lot of ways, unlike any of us in the family, in a lot of ways. My younger son is, um, he's just different. He, he, he would not have, um, we would not have had those issues regardless. Um, so that's a lot of it. He's just different. And I think the, the, the lesson there is as parents to understand that our kids are going to be different. Um, you could have 10 boys, raise them exactly the same way, and you're going to have 10 different human beings. Um, and, and for parents, that's a real challenge, but it's important to understand that and to know that they're going to be different. You have to deal with them differently. Uh, there's no one size fits all with parenting. Um, however, I would say, too, that um, by the time that my younger son was getting into those years, um, I had gone through my personal transformation. I was less angry. I was less short tempered. Um, I was more patient. And that that probably was a big benefit. But a lot of it was just difference in personalities. That actually reminds me, my the person I call my grandfather, uh, well, he, he's passed now, but he was only my my grandmother's uh, second husband. And when I came around, they had already been divorced. And he had a horrible relationship with my father. From what from what everyone says, it was abusive and neglectful. And he was just basically mean to my father and his brother. And then I come around and here is just this angel on earth that is there for me whenever I need him in yeah. every way, shape or form. Yeah. And I, it's like, 
they tell me these stories and it's like, they're talking about a completely different man. And it just, it just speaks to what you're saying that like, you know, even as an adult, you know, things can happen where we can change for the better. And I'm, I'm glad that that you uh, were able to undergo that as well, because it, it definitely was something that without him there, he might've been what made it so easy for me to decide for myself that I needed a better life. That might've been, you know, the trigger. Um, and if, you know, without him there, who knows what would have happened. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was, I was super lucky with him. I'll always be grateful. I miss him so much that I can't even visit his grave because I just cry. Um, it's, uh, I'm about to cry right now. Um, so that, uh, that brings me to a couple more questions and that may, that may kind of take us down to, uh, the end, unless, you know, uh, you, I give the guests a little bit of time at the end to share anything else that they might want to, uh, you know, get to the listeners or that we didn't cover. But my uh, last two questions, they revolve around uh, one is uh, you and one is your kids. And one is a little bit uh, probably more upbeat. So we're going to start with that one. I have a buddy on Facebook that is always talking about he's making jokes and posting memes about how he will share something with his daughter. And it may be that you have a little bit better odds on this, having more children. But the memes always involve how he will show something to her that uh, be it a, a song a movie something from his youth that really shaped him and you know that he still loves as an adult and every single time she's like I'm not having that that's no I don't <laughs> like that uh do you, for your kids uh yeah, as I said your odds are a little bit better but uh maybe the sons uh more than the daughter when you were uh, you know showing them whatever it was you know for me when my son's old enough I'm gonna be like hey check out Rambo too. check out Rocky you know, like check out these movies that I watched. Uh, but for you, whatever it may have been, were they uh, receptive to that? Were they like, oh, cool, dad, this is awesome. Or were they like, nah, man, this is lame. It's really weird, man. We we have a we have a weird kind of a family in that um, we all pretty much like the same things. It's, it's really strange. Um, and, you know, we we uh my, my oldest son lives in nebraska now i'm in north carolina um but my younger two kids are still at home and um we just we do everything together um we're about to take our weekly walmart trip here in a little bit we always do that together we take trips together uh we watch tv together none of us have um a tv in our own room and not even my wife and i which i think is if anybody were to ask me top 10 suggestions for parenting way way on b- big on that list would be only have one tv and have it in the living room um but um we watch tv together um, and we all we like the same stuff and so we like the same music um you know i i train my kids uh, when they were little, they were not only getting Christian music, they were getting Boston, the Eagles, Aerosmith. They were getting the good stuff, Corey. So which I know I see your Guns and Roses back there too. So um, my kids were getting the good stuff. And so when you know we we all like the same stuff. And I think that um, and I you know I I don't want to take credit for a bunch of stuff that is just you know good fortune or God's blessing or whatever. But I think that when when you make it a point to to spend a lot of time together as a family, you sort of um, you sort of grow together and you you enjoy life together and you enjoy the same things together. And that's not across the board. I mean, there's some 
a music my daughter listens to that makes me want to just tear my ears out. And there's movies that my oldest son likes that I just, I would throw a brick through the TV if I had, had to watch it. So, I mean, it's not like we're not in lockstep, but by and large, the things that we like to watch and listen to and do for fun when we go out, it, it's all the same stuff. And I just think that really when we do as much as we possibly can as a family together, I think that's just sort of a natural, that just naturally happens, I think. Right on. That's cool. Uh, it's interesting and um, something that I may try to, to try to uh, um, uh use in my own life as far as just simple things as a family like to the you know to walmart or you know to wherever just uh making sure that there's something we do you know as a group and even if it's just a trip to the grocery store um, but the the last question that i have uh is actually kind of uh, personal to me as well i've touched on it here uh briefly and i've touched on it in other episodes quite a bit uh, about my mental health and uh, how it's not been uh, great at times. When the baby first came, it was, I will say, I don't know, the first year or so, um, n through no fault of his own, uh, it, my, my mental health was just not good. And there were, there were thoughts of, uh, of, you know, drastic measures. And you, you yourself lost your dad at an early age. And, and uh, regardless of, of how, uh, it, it made me, you know, during the course of that time, it really made me contemplate okay, if he lost me now, that would be okay. Like he would not, he wouldn't have any memories of me and he wouldn't miss me. And, and if, you know, if I was going to do something like this, then I, I need to do it now. And thankfully, you know, things improved and, and I, I feel like I've moved past that, but it, it makes me wonder, uh, in your personal case, have you ever thought, and I'm sure you, you dwelled on this time and time again, but, uh, specifically, have you ever thought, man, it would have been better if, if I had lost him, you know, at, at age one, or uh, if you know, I could have handled it better if I'd have lost him at, you know, age 15. Do you think that any, any other time in your life, it would have been, you know, better, obviously, as an older man, you know, in, in a natural time, a natural uh, frame of life, it would have been uh, a little bit better to, to, to lose your father. But, you know, as an earlier, uh, younger man, do you think that, 15 or, or two would have been any better than seven? That's an, that's an excellent question, Corey. I don't know that I've ever, I've never been asked that and I don't know I've ever thought about it, but it's a super good question. Um, you're really good at this, by the way. Good job. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know that, the, I guess what I would say about that, Corey, is it would have been different. Um, it, it's never, it's never without serious difficulties that a child uh, loses a parent. It's going to be traumatic in one way or another. Even if so, if, if your child would have lost you when he was one, he, he, he wouldn't miss you. He didn't know you. <clears throat> so there's that part of it is better, I guess. But growing up, without a dad, even from one, has a uh, a harmful effect on kids. We know, scientifically, we know that the presence of a father affects the child in the womb, affects the child as an infant, um, and at every stage. And so 
even though your child would have avoided some things, there would have been some things, Corey, that he would have experienced negatively <clears throat> because you weren't there when he was one. So I guess what I'm saying is there's never a good time to lose a parent for whatever reason that is. It's always going to have traumatic effects, no matter when it is. It's going to have traumatic effects. So I think that's important to understand. And, and I guess just what comes to mind about that, and I don't know that I have – I don't know that I have anything more really to add to that particular question. I would say this, though, that the effect that I determined that my dad's death was going to have on me that was positive was that I was going to be the best dad that I could be. And so I think this is all of us can make this decision regardless of a person's experience with their father. If you had a great one, you can choose to be like them. If you had one who died early, you can choose to take care of yourself health-wise and be in, as involved as you can. If you had an abusive one, you can choose to be a kind one. If you had a short-tempered one, you can choose to be a patient one. Um, now, all of that may involve getting help. And you've mentioned this, Corey, you know, therapy, uh, coaching, um, uh, counseling, whatever it might be. But I guess what I'm saying is that, yes, there are going to be negative effects whenever you lose your dad, but you can make the choice to take something good from that. And I'll be honest with you, Corey, and I don't say this lightly, and I don't even know that it's true, but I think it is. I don't think that I would change anything and still have my dad today. I think that, I think that losing my dad made me the best dad that I could be. And I think having him would have made me less than that. So I do not wish that things were different. I would not have things different. So anyway, I don't know that that really answered your question, but those are just some things that came to mind. So not to drive any listeners away, but I mean, between me and you and every, everybody else kind of like, you know, turn the volume down, but maybe it was God's plan. <laughs> that you know did it happen that maybe. way maybe yeah i mean, I know, mean maybe, maybe that yeah. was what it was going to take for you to be you know the, the good father that you are yeah. yeah and i mean for you know for the longest time Corey, um and it's a whole other story about my 30 years of anger and all that stuff and transformation and that's a whole other thing but for 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 a very long time i i took a not in addition to the positive about parenting i took a very negative um, lesson and impact from that. Um, you know, if I don't have a dad, how can I possibly be a functional human and a functional man? And I have, to this day, I have a lot of issues around my masculinity, my identity as a man and, and doing man things, a lot of issues around that still today. And so in a lot of ways, losing my dad was a negative because I allowed it to be, but for that one positive to be the best dad that I could be, to me, everything else is worth it. Um, I would not, I would not change anything. Yeah. Maybe it's God's will. Maybe it isn't. I don't, I don't know that we can know those things, but you know, what we all have to do, Corey is say, okay, here's the situation. How am I going to make the best of it? Right. 
Yeah. Going back to the stoicism, you know, like, am I going to let this control me or am I going to decide how this, how I react to this? hundred percent. So we are, uh, we actually went a little bit longer than I thought we would, but we are down here to the end where I like to, you know, allow the guests to, to push or promote or just talk about anything that we didn't touch on or, or that they may have, uh, you know, going on in their lives. And uh, before uh, I forget though, you do, uh, you are a, a certified coach. Do you, you know, if any of these many, many listeners were to contact you on Facebook, do you take like digital clients? Yeah, all my all my programs are virtual. So I've got two programs, one for men and women uh, who want to achieve any goal. And then I've got one for husbands and fathers who want to, you know, be better dads, stop being angry with their kids and wives and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's all virtual. Um, if somebody lived next door to me and wanted to be a client, it would still be virtual. So yeah, I mean, all over the world, I've got them uh, all over the place. Uh, so yes, it is a, both are all virtual programs. And so if anybody's interested, you're welcome to contact me, the website or on Facebook, and we can have a conversation about those. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. Cause, uh, I, I mentioned that because our guest yesterday was from Sweden. So, you know, obviously yeah. he's only able to to talk to you this way. Right. Uh, but going back to it, uh, just wanted to get that out of the way, uh, front and center. Is there anything else that you had that you wanted to share with anybody? Anything that, like I said, we didn't cover? Yeah, I think in addition to the things that we've talked about, you know, the big ones are personal responsibility um, and, and being persistent, not giving up, such a crucial thing. Um, you know, if you give up, you'll never succeed. But if you keep trying, something's going to click at some point. But I guess, Corey, one thing that's really important to me and that I've really made a big part of my life is being a father figure to other kids, particularly to boys, being a father figure that they may need. Um, I, I teach high school in addition to the other things that I do. I also have recently stepped away from coaching sports, uh, did that for over 20 years. Um, and, and I was never a great coach as far as game management, that kind of thing. But I was very good at connecting with players and being a father figure to players. And what I would encourage all of your listeners would be to, to be that for other people. Um, there are lots of boys out there particularly, and I say that because crossing genders like a man trying to be certain things to a girl who's not his daughter can be problematic. So I'm just saying men to boys. But being a father figure to boys who, who don't have dads or whose dads are, for whatever reason, not optimal, being a father figure is so important. There's so many boys out there who need a strong, positive male presence, and we can be that for them. And I think we have to be that for them. And so in addition to the parenting that you're doing for your own kids, try to find at least one other boy who needs that and be that for him. Doesn't have to be anything crazy, not 50 hours a week, just connect to them, listen to them, talk to them, and try to be involved with them a little bit. This was huge for me, Corey, as you can imagine, losing my dad, and I try to do it for others as well. So try to try to be a father figure to somebody who needs it. That's an excellent request. I'd never would have even considered that really, first and foremost, due to my social anxiety, but the, the reasoning you have behind it, it really does make sense because it seems like, and you may have to look a little bit, but it seems like all of us know someone uh, that's being neglected, you know, uh, maybe maybe the parents to you seem like awesome people, but for whatever reason, you know, that their kids might not 
be getting the attention they need. Um, so that's a it's really cool. Uh, I, I myself will will try to branch out and look for something like that. I'm always trying to get you know, uh, new friends, uh, new companions for Jackson. So if uh, yeah. you know, if I could get a some playtime going on where I can you yeah. know maybe spread a little bit of good influence, I'm totally down for that. Yes, absolutely. So one thing we do, I, I typically am not the one that does it. Uh, my, my co-host who's not here and my other co-host actually has a book, but we try to end every episode on a high note. And that is with uh, a dad joke. And I looked for one uh, the other day for another interview that uh, we had to reschedule. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there now. And hopefully uh, I'm not just castigated by the, by the listenership, but uh, here we go. Uh, why? <laughs> my, my voice is shaking. I hate this so much. <laughs> why don't they play basketball in the jungle? I don't know. Why don't they play basketball in the jungle? There are too many cheetahs. <laughs> oh, man. I laugh a lot. Now, look, now listen, I've been a dad for a long time, and there's nothing I like better than that. that, that is, that's high humor for me, man. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Don't, don't hang your head on that, brother. You're a member of the club now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for saying that. I, I feel like <laughs> there's never a dad joke that doesn't make you smile. And it's Absolutely. like the one pure thing we have left in the world. A hundred percent, my friend. <laughs> uh, it uh, the the dad joke clips tend to get the most likes and the most views. Of course, for reason. Of course. But that being said, would you like me to uh, tag you on on Facebook when I like if I post anything? Would you like me to? Yes, please do. Yeah, I would like to connect. Uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know if we're friends or not. I'd like to definitely to set that up um, and and stay in contact. Um, I love what you're doing, Corey. I love your heart. Um, you're an amazing person and, and I can tell that you've got some, you know, you've got a little bit of, um, you know, some, um, I don't think you see yourself the way you need to. I think you probably show yourself short, um, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I, I, I think you need to not do that. I think you've got what you're doing. Not many people do. Um, you're doing something way out of your comfort zone, um, you're doing something to help other people. You're being transparent about your struggles and you're making the world a better place. And you need to get your chin up, stick your chest out and be really excited about that. And I want to help you do that. So I would love to stay in touch and encourage you and promote you. Uh, and I mean that. So thank you for having me. Thank you for, I feel like I've made a friend um, and I love that. And um, I want to stay in touch. Awesome. I will. Uh, I looked at your Facebook page. I saw that it's set up. I think mine is the same way that new people just follow you. They don't really add you yep. as a friend. Um, so I'll go ahead and do Jump that. On, yep. And uh, we will uh, certainly stay in touch. If, you, uh, if you're at all interested, maybe we can have you back on sometime. I, I, I know that. that from what little you've said that there are, you know, there's some topics that we could uh, go a little bit more beneath the surface that we scratched today. And it may be, you know, I can't say whether uh, either of my co-hosts would typically be uh, interested in, in delving into that same ground. But, you, you know, you touched on some things that interest me and you sure. definitely are, are doing, you know, a great service, you know, trying to, to coach men and, and dads. And the fact that you've, you're focusing on, you know, them learning not to take things out on their kids. Like I really do. That is something I, I really do support because, you know, like I said in the news, it seems like every day a mother or dad is abusing their child for literally no reason at all all the time uh, other than they got angry or they got upset yeah. so i i'd really do appreciate you know you you doing that and i and i also appreciate you you know saying all those compliments it's i'm not really good at like accepting compliments but i, I appreciate getting them 
So thank you for that. And, and I'll go ahead and, uh, and follow you on there. And uh, like I said, I will, I can't, I don't know what it's called on Facebook, I'll, but I'll put your name down so that you see when I post the. Yeah, the, please. The yeah, absolutely. Please. And, uh, and like I said, hopefully get, we get you back on sometime, but uh, until then, uh, thank you so much. You've been awesome. All right. uh, I'm super, you, I get so nervous before these interviews start, like my stomach hurts. I got to go to the bathroom <laughs> and then, you know, I talk to somebody like you and I'm like, wow, man, that was awesome. Like I learned, <laughs> like, I feel like I grew. So, uh, you know, Me thank too. you again for that. Thank you so Me much. Too. Thank you. And, um, you know, have a great day. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend. You too, brother. Appreciate you, man. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died. But he is, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. My mind just went blank. It was probably a lie anyways.